why I'm excited about my team. They constantly provide solutions for any little, little problem because they know we have the possibilities and we can use uh, technologies and we can try and it's okay if it failed and we failed in some decisions uh, while we were using bot and that was fine. We know that we can play as much as possible and now we make better solutions. We provide our guests with better solutions. And I think the biggest part of why it so happened is that it came from from one reach, like nothing we do in one reach is this you know hierarchy like you just do what i tell you to do so in our you know development teams whatever marketing teams we all work as like a you know group of creative group that wants to make something meaningful and humans is just an extension of our values that we have so on today's episode of invisible machines we have a unique conversation with with a couple of members of the OneReach team. We have we we're going to talk with uh, with Anna Yankovska and Helen Peklo, who were instrumental in kind of bringing to life this concept that um, is is an idea of yours, Rob. That I think occurred to you, as you'll mention in the episode, as you were uh, on the Google campus one day. So I don't know if, if maybe we can take you there, and you can, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, um, I, I, in some ways, it was sort of an obvious thing in, in a way. We needed a Petri disk. We needed a place to test what we were doing um, and a, a safe environment. And and we also, you know, had this idea that, you know, we wanted our company to be more involved in the community than it was, realizing that many of us, you know, that do go into the office, work in buildings that we kind of teleport into and then teleport out of. Um, and, and we're not really involved in that community. We don't know what's going on there. We just, we just come there to work and then we go home. And um, it makes more sense to me to be more involved in the community. So the idea was we're moving offices. It was great timing. Let's combine a number of things that we wanted to do. One, let's let's take our kitchen, our company kitchen, and let's make it open to the public. Um, let's make it, you know, sort of a coffee shop for anybody to come to, so we can integrate with the community and and our folks can mingle with the community in our own offices. So welcoming them in. The second was to try out some of our automation in a environment that. It's pretty unlikely that most wouldn't think to find automation, I guess, is the better way to put it. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, kind of give our team a practical uh, example of applying it. And I think the last thing was, you know, we wanted to to use it as a way to kind of be present from a recruiting standpoint. So we knew that IT folks in the community, like coffee shops, and um, and since we were always actively looking for good people and are, um, this seemed like a great, great way to kind of a convergence. So we came up with this concept. Um, Helen really executed it. Uh, Anna uh, managed the whole process. She jumped on board um, to this crazy idea, uh, and I 
I will definitely say from my perspective that it exceeded any of my expectations in terms of how it turned out. I think none of us expected it to be, you know, what it's become in Kiev, uh, which is a bit of an icon, iconic uh, company within that community. Um, I think that's surprises us all. Uh, and it's a testimony to not, not the automation, but the people and what they do when you free them up from some of these soul sucking components of a job. Um, and, and we realize it's not just simply freeing them up from doing these soul sucking, um, activities, but it's also what you free up, you know, from a, from a cost standpoint and, and where you apply those costs instead of applying them to, to increasing profit, you, you have fewer people that you pay more, um, which then just, you know, makes you more competitive in, in the, the marketplace, even in the case of baristas and, and people are more engaged and involved. So there, there was a chain reaction that happened from just simply soul sucking jobs to creating an exceptional experience. Um, and, uh, and it's, yeah, I guess we'll hear more from them and, and go through. I, I just, I want to say, I'm sure plenty of people will be watching this thinking this is some sort of commercial for one reach. Um, and, uh, it's not, it's, you know, again, we didn't expect this to go the way it did. This is, was not a publicity stunt. Um, we, we truly wanted to, to, you know, to test this out. Um, and the story is just so compelling and interesting that we want to share it with people. Because uh, we think, you know, people that are maybe afraid of automation or um, trying to figure out how it fits in would find this really useful. Yeah, it's a really compelling conversation. And as you hinted at, I mean, what's so cool about it is it, it succeeded um, on so many different levels and it exceeded expectations in, in so many different ways that, yeah. that Anna and Helen will talk about. Um, and, and it managed to do all those things. Uh, I mean, kind of literally uh, on the front lines of a war. Yeah. 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 Which is nuts. Yeah. Her, yeah. her enthusiasm was a huge part of it. No question. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. But still, um, if it's a, and I hope it really is a glimpse into the future, uh, this idea that maybe business models are open sourced, mm -hmm. um, and, and that you can have this idea of a chain. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how unusual it is. I guess if you think of what a franchise actually is, right. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's taking what, what I think of from an open source standpoint, a philosophy of just creating something good and sharing it with the world um, and then helping enable them to utilize it. Same idea here. It's, it's become a bit of a business model to share that uh, Anna's, you know, sharing with other people um, and in hopes that they can, you know, improve the quality of life for their employees and customers alike. And that's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's a fascinating talk. Yeah. Shall, we, shall we go to it now? Let's do it. All right. Hello, everyone. Hi. Anna, Helen, Rob, 
so to start off, I, I think the, the, the story of humans, uh, coffee and tech sort of begins with the concept, Rob, of a, the conversational design studio. So maybe to begin, you can kind of walk us through uh, how that idea kind of opened up to you and, and kind of what some of the steps were in trying to make it a reality. Ooh, yeah, this was like, so to put you in the, in the, in the right sort of place and time, we were in Kiev where, where we have a pretty substantial group of people in an office and we have for years. Um, and, uh, this was pre-war. So, um, we were moving from one office space to another. Helen had, you know, sort of found uh, a better space for us. That was actually, you can kind of see the background of it right there at the brick wall. <laughs> it's it's like, great. Uh, That's yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And it, you know, it, kind of just fit our company a lot better, more casual. The, the, the place we're in was sort of this office building and it was a block away. But, you know, you kind of come in, it had all these, you know, gates and walls and you kind of come through the gates and walls. Um, and then you show your badge and that lets you in and then you can go to the office space. And then, and then when it, you know, when it was time to go home, you left and inside of the, the building they had a coffee shop and a place to eat and so people you know oftentimes would bring their lunch they'd come into the office they'd they'd eat in the office go down to the little snack bar grab a coffee and then boom time to go home they would either get in their car leave the gated area and go straight home and so we were like kind of just talking about how we're in the community, but we're not in the community. We were looking at this new space. We thought, well, instead of creating a kitchen for our employees to come and eat their lunch, we thought, what if, what if our kitchen, you know, was open to everybody? And this, this had come to me when I, when I was at Google, um, when I was in their offices and I saw like these signs that said, you know, employees only blah, blah, blah. Uh, essentially they didn't want people off the street coming in and eating for free in their cafeteria. Um, so they had these mechanisms for like keeping people out. And I thought, what if we did the opposite? What if we invited people in? Um, what if we made it something that, you know, was, was a kitchen for the neighborhood? And what if our employees actually ended up sitting and interacting with people that were in the community? Um, and we became a part of the community instead of instead of this, you know, this sort of island that people teleported in and out of. Um, and so, you know, Helen at first was like, right, because I have all the time in the world, I could just like open up a coffee shop. <laughs> but I think that she warmed up to the idea. Um, and that's where Anna came into the picture. And I guess you guys could tell the story better than I. And, on how you got Anna excited about this. Cause I know Anna, you were, you were kind of done with hospitality at the time, right? I mean, you yeah, were kind of yeah. like a... <laughs> yeah, what was it about hospitality that had you feeling like you didn't want to work in hospitality anymore? You know, I, I, I loved hospitality with my whole heart, my education and everything. I always felt that I have this talent of reaching people and making them feel comfortable and feel them a real human, not a slave, not a mother, not somebody like some status or something that they create in their life, but just feel a human, 
human that somebody cares about and that you want to have a real human conversation and share love, share your history, your thoughts, your spread your mind ideas and just have this vibe of communication, of conversation, of growth, sharing ideas. And hospitality industry is something where you do a lot of that and I loved it. But there was something very difficult and uh, I, I had a lot of works as CEO, as general manager of hotels, of restaurants. And there was one thing that really was tiring me from this industry. Uh, people turnover, people were changing from uh, two to three months. They were leaving their jobs. They were burning out. They were getting tired, exhausted. The tasks were so small and routine and repetitive and there was nothing creative or innovative. And every place where I worked, it had 50 to 100 employees. And every person was just responsible for one little job, uh, very soul-sucking, very boring job. And you could understand that since they were leaving every two, three months, you had to find a new employee, teach that person again, share all your knowledge, give all your energy. And it was just so tiring and exhausting. And what was the difficult part is seeing how unhappy people are on their position, how they just don't grow and they don't develop and they receive small salaries. And that was something that I couldn't understand because it's hospitality. It needs to be, it needs to be about something else, about uh, you, time that you can spend with people, the conversation. And we didn't have all that. It was just all running around trying to... Um, convince yourself that the task that you do is important, that it's necessary. And I always felt that there's something missing, that there's innovation or technology that can actually do that thing. And that person can do so much more, something that they love. But that was not, never the case as technology always seemed to be very expensive and something impossible for hospitality industry. Now I understand it wasn't that expensive. It was never a priority. It was something that in hospitality, you never think first that I should invest in technology and in innovation in AI. You, all, you just think I should hire more people and I should give every person that little task that they get bored with and that doesn't let them grow and use their potential. So that's something yeah. that made me feel that no more hospitality industry, never again. I'm done with it. I can't see unhappy people anymore. Hospitality is about love and warmth and there's nothing uh, about that there. So I felt I'm done with it, finished. Yeah, there, there's like this weird element to the hospitality industry where people think that they're, they're lining up to pay for a meal or a coffee or a room, but what they're really hungry for is an experience and to be yeah. like seen and have these, these deep experiences with people. And, and yeah. like you mentioned, like having all this tedious stuff to do, uh, it pulls people out of those experiences. So it kind of ruins, it, it strips the hospital, the hospitableness or the hospitality yeah. out of hospitality. Right. Um, so Helen, how, how, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, and now, and now you have Hugh. Um, and it, it, ironically you've, You've tried to automate a lot of that stuff through AI, um, and, and and you know that's ironic because the name of the coffee shop is Humans, so yeah, yeah. so yeah. it shows the idea was in celebration of humans, not not to replace humans. You 
Absolutely. could have easily just created a vending machine that delivered coffee. That's clearly not, <laughs> not yeah. what it yeah. is. Um, so yeah, what changed your mind? What, what made you excited about uh, this project? Yeah, I was always curious about innovations, technologies, and I always felt that there's something that I want to be part of. I want to see how, is it possible to let people use their potential and communicate and do interesting tasks, innovate and uh, w with help of technologies? And I knew that I can't get in the hospitality industry. And then when Helen reached me, I knew that they're from that industry. And I felt that, all right, I don't want to open any hospitality project anymore. It's tiring. But maybe something will be different. Maybe they can, they have some technology, some something that they can use so it can be just a different project overall and it can combine the two important things hospitality innovations and something else can grow like a new baby which is amazing that everyone has fun with and it creates so much benefits for everyone so that was just a little hope and i decided to meet helen otherwise if it was just to open the hospitality project one more same hospitality project if she was a restorator i don't think i would meet her at that time. <laughs> Helen, how did you uh, go about um, getting Anna excited about the project and showing her the ways that technology could actually be an ally? Well, I think uh, it just, you know, sometimes it so happens in life when all all the right pieces just kind of come into, into place at the same time. So I think I was lucky in a sense to um, you know, by pure luck, I found Anna right at her point in life when she was like fed up and she wanted to try something, you know, different. She wanted to see something, you know, think outside the box, um, you know, like uh, find new ways to operate. And um, she just agreed to meet me just, you know, uh, it was not far from her grandma's house. And she's like, OK, I'll just spend like, you know, 15 minutes. Like it's not a big investment. Yeah. And um while we were talking, like she was like looking for some other um, place for some other project. And at that point, it was also um, really uncertain to me because, you know, uh, I've never in my life had done anything like that. It's not like I open, you know, coffee shops uh, every year. And it was nothing standard in a um, tech world in, in Kiev, especially because it's super competitive business, like opening something like that. It's not like not many companies uh, do that, like none to my knowledge. It was something never done before, like nothing I could share to, to, to say, hey, this is going to be success. So we both kind of did this leap of faith <laughs> and yeah. we kind of uh, decided to, you know, go along and see where it leads us. Uh, we did not have much um, automation back then. So everything we built for humans, uh, Hugh uh, is the name of the bot, we built that, um, you know, for many months after our initial meeting that day. And uh, it's still a lot to come. But I think that, um, you know, um, we we all want to, to find something that's that will make our lives more, you know, fulfilling, more productive, to have more time to doing the things that we want to do. That's just us as humans. And um, having this platform, like OneReach, as a thing to support our initiatives is something that's just, um, you know, opened up a much more uh, 
passed forwarded a lot of things that we wanted to do with Anna. And so here we are right now. Yeah, you had, you had this unusual opportunity. You got access to a t yeah. platform that most people didn't at that time wasn't released. It's still, it's still pretty hard to get a hold of OneReach unless you're, you know, a company. Um, yeah. And and I and I think that's you know that makes sense. You want to be careful with powerful tools and, and not have them out there. But you know, obviously, we were you were there to you know make sure that it all got implemented in the in the right ways. Um, but Hugh, yeah, Hugh does his job. And then what's, I think what's most interesting is the success of the coffee. Yeah, like if you're in Kiev, you, you know, you know, you probably know this coffee shop. It's downtown. It's, it's, it's become, uh, a, a pretty, pretty big hit, you know, it, as you sort of think about it, uh, in comparison to, to what it, you know, could be in the competitive landscape out there. Um, and then the war starts, uh, and you know businesses really struggle, and um, so yeah, I think people would be interested to see how that played out, you know, because now your point, I think, you know, you said turnover was high in your prior places, and I think we know that turnover yeah. is is pretty low here. Um, so yeah, what? How did this all kind of, you know? How did it turn out? I mean, this is a giant experiment, so. <laughs> it's a giant experiment, yes. I, I knew it's an it's experiment because when I met uh, Anton and Helen and they described me the platform and all the capabilities and functionalities, and I thought, wow, that just sounds impossible. I'll, it's everything that I could ever dream about. And if I pack these two things, hospitality, coffee, nice product, nice team, which I can do, with innovations and technology and this bot that we can create one day that can work out and i was so excited after that meeting i thought this is my last project in hospitality i'm trying that and never trying anything uh, i don't know if it works or if it doesn't this is my last product so i was thinking i will try i'll let it go and you know we when we started building that there was a lot of doubt and people were very unsupportive uh everyone i was sharing about the project how it will work that the big part will be technologies that we will use the conversational design and everyone was saying that will be a huge fail you shouldn't try that that's not how hospitality industry works you just need to have a lot of people huge team everything needs to be traditional and I was getting very upset and I was getting very nervous and uh, panicking if that will be successful because we invest so much time and energy and investment in this project. Will it work or will it not? This concept is pretty new. So it was a big experiment. And even my psychiatrist, I was going to psychiatrist just to calm down and see if he can give me some pill that I can just feel confident that that will work out. Everything's going to be great. There's nothing to worry about. Just risk it. I was very nervous you have no idea and he told me well i can't help you that is a really unsuccessful idea i don't know who created that idea that's not gonna work you better stop now or i can't help you you will die of panic attack or something you should just stop and if you don't don't come to me because i can't help you and that was like a very successful and famous psychiatrist so i thought that's it i'm not gonna survive that but I liked Rob and Helen and Anton so much that I thought I can't let those people down. We should try. We should try this. So 
we started that project and we started very uh, traditional in, in a traditional way. We didn't use uh, bots straight away and we felt that people are scared. They feel that bot is something uncomfortable. It's not going to help. It's just going to make my routine even harder. And uh, apart from my have a difficult job, I will have to use innovations as well. And they saw it very differently. And the guests were scared. They felt that we will have robot arms creating coffees <laughs> and they will have to talk to robots. And they were saying, no, we want to have uh, a conversation with barista. We want to meet people. And we said, you will have all that. It's a project about humans and it's all about building everything for humans, around humans. It's not about innovation technologies and that you will never see humans again. But they didn't believe it. And they wrote a lot of comments when we were making marketing research. Uh, they, they gave us a lot of feedback that if there will be such thing as bot or anything like that, it's not going to work. So it was a very risky idea and a very risky business. And probably that's why it makes it now so exciting to see that it worked. It's so successful. It's great. Uh, I honestly, uh, I want to thank Rob because I, I don't know if it will be part of uh, this podcast. And uh, But I'm so thankful to you for this idea. And I'm so thankful to you for uh, letting us create something like that that brings joy every single day to the team. Because I've never seen such a happy team. I've never had such a happy team. I always had a team that cries, complains, and burns out every single day. And that is something that doesn't exist right now in this project. We Every day we ask, how did it happen? It's great. It works. And we have fun. And we play at our jobs. And we develop new skills, new talents. And that's just helped to the system that we build. And that part of our team is this bot you that actually is uh, i'm so happy he doesn't have it doesn't have any emotions or feelings because poor hugh we make him do all the routine tasks that we hate so much he works 24 7. it's literally anything that we hate doing we just let him do it and with our team when reach AI team we meet them every friday and we create a list of ideas that we have it's it's massive it's usually looks like that and uh I mean, they get really tired of saying like, maybe you can do that task, but we, like, why? We have a platform that can do that for us. Why would we do that? We have so many ideas right now. We don't have time for those tasks. And we're just very thankful that we have this platform that we can, we, we, we shouldn't do anything that we don't like doing because there's no soul there and there's no happiness there. And in any way works bad if you don't do it with excitement and uh, it just hasn't right. going and Helen, there's it's great that it's called. Uh, oh, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say, Helen, there's like a financial component to this too. Like it was successful financially. It is successful financially as well, right? Like um, the baristas. I mean, you can you can you can talk to that a little bit. Um, yeah, I think uh, the way we um, you know from the very beginning we decided that uh, we want to give more. Um, like we empowered a lot more in people who are working in the, in this project, like baristas, like whoever was a part of humans, um, was not just doing, um, you know, some mundane task. They were also responsible for some area. And we decided that the only way to enable that and to appreciate people doing that is to um, give them more, um, you know, financial freedom. So they kind of they are super interested in humans operating in the right way because they will uh, all benefit from that. 
And since, um, yeah, like for, for over a year, we didn't have a like manager per se in humans. So there's no one to actually, um, you know, decide who gets what, like what, you know, the way the things are going to be done. So people are super self, um, you know, efficient sort of. They all um, care as much as they can for, for this project to succeed. And I think this is one of the main components of humans actually thriving during the war when many other like restaurants closed up like you know revenues went down if only i think humans revenue went up <laughs> and despite all of the you know uh, um, you know what was the name um like um blackouts and you know like many many businesses just uh, struggled a lot um Humans team decided to that they will reopen when there was still you know a lot of military around Kiev and many places were shut down. They just decided that we we won't sit you know be sitting there like we'll, we we want to help we want to um, you know we want this business to operate and I think that's that's also what makes humans so special. Uh, it's so so unusual I would say is uh, we didn't have any like uh, hierarchy we didn't have any um you know typical you know managerial role there because now the heel is pretty much making this um, annoying managerial things like reminders like checklists etc so we don't actually have to have a manager there this is like our luxury <laughs> so we can afford all these um you know like uh, campaigns all this um, support of non-profit organizations. So we donate all the revenue we get to support uh, some volunteer organizations, military uh, Ukrainian um, organizations as well. So um, that's what motivates people, people, people even more. They try to um, go above and beyond <laughs> to make it happen so that um, everyone can feel like they're uh, done something meaningful, not just, you know, made coffee for eight hours, but also um, help their community, help their country and created this, you know, unprecedented project that hopefully will become an, an, a standard in a few years. Like, I hope that uh, we just, you know, the first ones uh, and hopefully that's how businesses will look, um, you know, in the future. Well, I love that it's called humans too, because really what it shows through the, the way that it's been structured and the way you've been able to make it operate is that AI can be an ally and let humans have more time to do the things that really make them feel better as people. And, you know, Rob and I were just talking before we started recording about one of OneReach's uh, clients, who's a, a large national retailer here in the US, and we built a successful or, you know, did a successful redesign of their contact center. And, you know, they did see the ROI they were expecting, I think, in terms of like creating more efficiency there. But there was this huge ancillary benefit in their retail outposts where the phones weren't ringing with people asking for directions or hours. And so they were actually spending a lot more time interacting with humans. And, and for that simple reason, they were selling more, more of their products. So I, I think this exemplifies that too. Like you, Anna was talking about the burnout and all the the stress involved with working in the hospitality industry because that's very real. It's it's a very demanding job, um, but with AI like stripping away some of that tedious stuff, it actually seems to have 
not just brought the employees closer together, but also created these stronger bonds with the community. Like everyone probably goes into humans and they might actually feel more human uh, than they do in other places. Yes, they feel that they are part of this project. And uh, because we don't have hierarchy and we don't have a manager or director or a boss, we don't have such structure at all. Our guests, our, they're our community and they are part of the decision-making that we have. They know that they decide to which organization the money from that we earn, the profit that we share will go to which organization. They vote for organizations, uh, whether the, we want to have children this month or we want to have um, elderly people or we want to have ch uh, help this team that learns about technologies and they create some new solution for, for army to use during this difficult time. And our guests, they feel that they're part of everything. Uh, bot asks them, uh, Hugh asks them, what kind of menu would you like? What is missing in our, on our menu? And they share with you this kind of drink or this kind of uh, meal. And we provide them. Hugh uh, prepares for us the feedback from guests about atmosphere, music, food, uh, drinks, everything. And we collect that feedback. We meet every month with our team and we decide uh, what is our priority. How can we make our community even happier? Our community decides um, how can we share this profit because they, they gain this profit and uh, they help, they buy more uh, from us. And because they love us so much, they spend so much time with us and uh, they buy our books, they buy our eco products, they buy our coffee shop products. And um, we can share so much more profit with our voluntary organizations from 25 to 50% of our profit uh, we share with organization. We provide them with the choice of this organization. We say we can have this kind of organization or this or this, and they vote. And then we divide that profit between those organizations according to the vote system that Hugh provides for them. And uh, it collects that data for us. And everything that we do, Hugh asks our community, our guests, how do you think this should work? And where should this go? And then we give our guests feedback that uh, we collected the data for you and we decided this is the best way uh, how we can share our profit this month and, or this is our eco um, initiative that we want to do this month. We, want, we know that you care about the trash outside or you care that there's not enough plants or trees uh, outside. So we know you want to do that. Then our board also collects the... Uh, money from our guests if they want to participate in some of the initiatives that we have every month so basically we don't do it's 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 just a bridge you is a bridge of information for us of collecting the data collecting the financial help that we need for some initiatives and we just have all the time of the world just come up with the ideas and actually do what our guests and our community want instead of just, uh, you know, be stuck in those routine of collecting data, b uh, building the tables uh, and finding out the ways we create and then we think what's next. And it happens so quickly. And I think this is one thing that works so well in humans that our response to our guests and our community and we take so many ideas every month and we make them real. We actually work on them. Uh, that our guests are just feeling excitement that every month is coming something new because we actually have time to do that and make it work well. You know, as Rob and I were working on the book, 
Age of Invisible Machines, we were having trouble finding examples of companies out in the world that were actually kind of implementing this technology in the right way and, and seeing the results that, that kind of everyone was promised. So it's really cool to see that in this coffee shop, <laughs> we have exactly like what we prescribe in the book happening. You have automations being created uh, in you know, concert with the people who are designing them and then the people who actually understand the tasks and know the best way to, to find automations that aren't just replicating the tedious things they were doing, but, but improving on them, making them more efficient and connecting more dots. Uh, so how cool that within the company, we actually now have this, this flourishing example of, of how this, this works. Yeah. And I think it, a lot of it is because this is, you know, this is my opinion, but I think it's shared by everyone. Um, the objective, right? The objective wasn't save money, replace a job. The objective yeah. was make the experience better for employees, trusting that if, if the experience for employees is better, the experience for customers will be better. You can just trust that if they're happier, customers will be happier. It's the whole like, you know, overused term of put the mask on yourself before. Um, and, and so, it was entirely going, you know, looking at it from how can we automate to improve both the employee and the customer experience, and then doing that incrementally, um, so so that we, you can you can test it, you can automate something, then measure and say, did it make it better? Did it not make it better? And instead of like trying to holistically automate everything at once, um, and then and then you don't know what parts and pieces actually worked and didn't work. And so I think that that incremental approach was important, but more important was the objective, which was not a cost savings objective, but an enhanced experience. Um, and so, so yeah, what happens when you focus on a better experience? Well, the experience gets better. <laughs> and that's... And, I, wow. and I'm just so thankful, Rob, that you created that strategy for us that uh, and that Helen was always passing to us every day that we are here to experiment we are here to make mistakes try more things fail that's fine and we can try so many things just play with it and it's something really new because in hospitality I'm used to cutting costs saving thinking how can I make the team smaller or bigger how can I find budget for that and that's the different perception of business and everything and you stuck in that loop and here you are you for i think for some time my team was setting up for that for half a year they couldn't believe that is real that they can try these things that they can use technologies and that's why we didn't have it we didn't believe we were working on them mentality that here is fine nobody's gonna punish you that you made a mistake nobody's gonna punish you that you tried to find the solution and it didn't work and we will return and try a different solution. And that's something that, I, why, why I'm excited about my team, they constantly provide solutions for any little little problem because they know we have the possibilities and we can use uh, technologies and we can try and it's okay if it failed and we failed in some decisions uh, while we were using bot and that was fine. We know that we can play as much as possible and now we make better solutions. We provide our guests with better solutions that actually work and uh, they are excited what's new coming. Before that, we did some mistakes with chatbot, but we tried and we know that that thing cannot be covered with the bot. We have to do it actually, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We talk about that in the book too. Like you, those failures are actually really important. Like, and and when you have a tool that's pliable and that you can play with, it becomes a lot less scary to to try something and watch it fail because you you've then learned something that you can use as yeah. you work on your next iteration. So, yeah. And, yeah. and also, go ahead, Ron. Just, I was just going to say now humans or, is what a place for um for people to gather. I guess when they're when they're feeling scared, right? When they're uh, it's it's it becomes very clear what what matters um and you guys can speak to this better um but it becomes more clear what matters in those moments you know like you know ukraine's going through war there's i mean just before this call you you had air raid sirens and you weren't yeah. sure you're gonna make it um and you know they're, they're not running to hug a machine right that's yeah. That's, yeah. That's um, yeah. It, it, I, I think what I'm thankful to her, I don't even know if I can say that phrase, but we actually realized what matters to humans much more now since the war started. Uh, we felt that some things just, that, you know, even life itself, life matters when you have conversation, when you have communication, when you have these people around, when you enjoy a drink. And when you can talk about something else than death. And I think this is what connects people here and humans. And during the sirens, we have to ask people to go to a more safe place, uh, which is somewhere underground or in the parking or in the metro. And unfortunately, or um, I don't know, we, we, we can't even let one person actually use the safe uh, you know, option and leave humans, they all stay here and they say, okay, listen to me. If I have three minutes of my life and the rocket, rocket is flying here, I better spend it here with you guys because I just love every second of my life here. And we understand that we built something that is just not just a place where you drink coffee, you pay for coffee, and then you run somewhere else to a more important place that matters to you. But it's actually the platform that we communicate here so much that people decide to spend their few minutes of life rather here than hiding somewhere in the subway or underground alone uh, with fear and with darkness. And that's just not worth it. Yeah, that's just incredible. And it, it, there's something too about the idea of like a company uh, not having a barrier around it, right? Like most of the, most of the companies that we interact with in our daily lives, they feel very remote. We only know them kind of through the gateway of an app or maybe like a store that we go to sometimes. So it's it's an interesting idea to have this company opening part of itself up to the community. And like Rob mentioned, not doing it to seek profit or you know for any reason other than just to see what that would be like and to see how that can benefit as many people in the area as possible. So it's so cool to see that that's working out in such a profound way. Funny thing that uh, I used to run after profit in hospitality industry because it was always the main goal. And we never had it. It was always, uh, it was always a struggle, how to survive, how to find money for something that matters. But right now we, we stopped running for money. We never, money is never a first question which we handle, like how to get more money. But somehow we have never had such great profit like we have during the war and we can make all our dreams come true. Any equipment with uh, better innovations 
that creates uh, better results, we can get it any month. Um, any initiatives that matter to us, eco or something to do with the war, any, anything we can provide with any help, any organization, and they are so happy to work with us and create something new, something that matters for people here. And my team, they gain as well the best salary uh, on the market. And I think that is something that barista could never get before because barista always used to get like, the smallest salary and they always used to dream to be part of the IT world because that's where the big money are. That's where it's great. That's where I can have a real life. And with this project, we prove that even here in the cafe, you can have a great life, great salary, and they're excited. They also get profit and they also decide every month whether they can get the full profit or actually they can get a smaller profit and support more organizations. And that happens when you give freedom to people to decide how much profit they, they want to share this month. They actually use uh, better uh, decisions and they, they share more. They share more. And that's, that's, that is a lovely thing to see every month on the meeting that they decide to share more with volunteer organizations, with people, or buy some great equipment that will speed up the process of uh, making coffee and making a better drink, put more quality in the product, and they choose that. Yeah, what if you were to talk to other folks that were in your position before you started this, and you know, as they're scared of AI, scared of technology, smarter machines, um, what advice would you give them? What you know, if if you were if if you were talking to them at humans and they're they're having a coffee with you, what would you tell them? You know, I we we've been asked every day the formula of success. I I, I don't know. It's it's very difficult to respond. Uh, what is the formula of our success every day? Uh, I have these questions from all the restaurant owners and hospitality workers because they want to know why we're we so happy smiling and we do so many projects and uh, and I, I tell them I, I I don't have exact formula that 33 percent needs to be of that plus 22 percent of that but it's all together how we created this project and I tell them the big part is AI big part of that is that and you have to be courage to to see what we do and it's very difficult for them so we we show them how that works we show them analytics, we show them results. And they always ask me, why do we have such a small team? Usually in other cafes, there's a double team, triple number of people in the team. And we have such a small team because we have AI and it's actually worth much less to invest in AI in these innovative solutions than hire people and uh, solve the turnover problem, teach them all the time, spend all your energy. You rather spend your energy on creative, meaningful things for your guests and for conversation, for communication with those guests, for love, hospitality, which is the base, the fun, fun, fundamental things of what we create. But rather than that, we solve the problem, which is unsolvable, the turnover problem. We don't use the AI because we are scared of it and we are stuck there. So this is one thing that I understand is scary because I, I went through all the experiences before in hospitality that people are scared to use AI and innovations. So our project works uh, like a techno technological uh, platform where you can play with these things and we, you can actually see how it is. And my team, they are very excited about our Hue bot, 
So they, we even have a projector that explains how things work, how you can press that, how you can get a response for that, answer for that. So they share uh, how that works and they can tell you um, about their experience and you feel less fear about that when you see that employees share with you the real experience of interacting with AI, which some people still think it's a scary thing or too expensive or it's just impossible to work in hospitality because it's a chaos. It's a chaotic industry. How can you um, even, you know, let AI or anything like that? It, it, will, it will be even more chaos. But that's not true. That is something that people are used to thinking. And uh, I can tell you this year, we moved very far with that fear barrier. We, we worked with it a lot with our guests and uh, our main target audience is uh, IT and AI, people from that industry that understand how that works and they're excited. But now we have a lot of guests that uh, are from hospitality industry and they want to know the formula. And I, <laughs> every time I'm trying to yeah, explain them, there is no formula, you just need to try these things. It's, it's scary, but you have to try. You have to try something new. We tried all that, it didn't work. Let's try something new. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like part of your formula for success is is having a diff different metric for success. Yeah, um, it's you're not you're not chasing the things that other hospitality uh, entities are chasing. Uh, we, we Rob and I just had a call with a uh, futurist uh, Theo Priestley, and and one thing that we were kind of talking about was this idea of jobs and and pursuit of more, more, more. Like people always wanting more, people thinking that they need to be working more, being more productive, and that somehow that that is the the metric for success that people use. And yet when you look around, there, there's a lot of people who are, are deeply unhappy trying to fit themselves into that. So to me, that again, just makes it more compelling to see that in a space where where the priorities are different and, yeah. and technology is being leveraged in these really positive ways that you're seeing this huge, uh, huge benefits on so many different levels. Yeah. 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 And Helen, it's I funny that, sorry, Rob. Oh. Sorry, I was just going to say, Helen, I know that that for the two of you guys, like you, you didn't you, you weren't friends before this, but now you guys like even just the relationship between you guys um, after, you know, kind of going through this project, it's it's not one of just at least my perception. It's not one of just, um, you know, a a formal, you know, boss employee relationship but it's a it's more of a friendship and it feels like that's kind of what most of the relationships are within humans is more more of a friendship relationship than a than a than a person who works for somebody else the, the hierarchy is just not there it's just people doing things together i don't know if if, if you guys would agree with that absolutely yeah, you know when you sure. said this relationship boss Relationship, I even forgot. I've never felt Helen is my boss. I was always inspired by, you know, everything she does and how she creates this atmosphere of everything is possible, just play with it. And we always felt rather than friends that we we come and we always excited, okay, let's do that. Let's do that. It's constant creative process and there's no such relationship as you know, passing the task uh, to some lower, lower human being that is holding a lower position, and you just always feel that you need an approval, uh, something new, and and to get that approval, you need to write so many letters and emails, and that's why you can do anything like that in half a year. 
-hmm. and because you have to wait for that approval that was never a case between me and helen there was always a playful surrounding that we enjoyed and i think the biggest part of why it so happened is that it came from from one reach like nothing we do in one reach is this you know hierarchy like you just do what i tell you to do so in our you know, development teams, whatever, marketing teams, we all work as like a, you know, group of cr creative group that wants to make something meaningful. And humans is just an extension of our values that we have in one bridge, basically. I think that's, I, this project would not have been successful if it wasn't for, um, you know, the people who came from this environment, you know, like we all came from, um, the same uh, the same mindset kind of like we all wanted to you know one reach is such a it's it's a it's a company it's a product that has to uh, you have to stay open-minded you have to try like it's so new that unless you experiment un unless you make all of those mistakes you will never succeed so that's pretty much what we just transferred to um, the team that worked uh, with humans and that's maybe um, a part of this success formula <laughs> that everyone wants to know. Like it's it's not just great people, it's not just great product, and it's not just automation. It's everything has to be in in a mix for it to work out. And one thing will not exist without the other. So um, hopefully, we'll you know discover much more um, elements to this formula um, in the future and after the war ends and we'll have much more um, room for growth there, um, hopefully soon. And we actually can write a book on this formula, <laughs> how <laughs> humans uh, work. And I'm already thinking about that. Okay, I can explain that there are things that are clear how, how that worked. I can explain that uh, it's just it's just not in one formula like people expect from me. And uh, there's a lot of hospitality business owners, they come and they say, okay, what program do you use to control people? How, what cameras, um, what kind of equipment? How do you listen to them? How do you check what they do? How many people need to check in the evening? And I, I just, out of these questions, I'm asking them, how much money do you have to spend on all that? And why do you need that? I, what are your people? Aren't your people stealing? Aren't they? And I just, I say, I can't even imagine that. Like, that doesn't happen. My people love this project. Like, it's their home. It's uh, the project of their life. They spend here so much time. And I can't even imagine they're stealing anything from this project. Why, why do they do it in your business? How, how, what is the problem? And I realized that they spend so much energy and time. And actually, this financial base that we, they have, they send for controlling people uh, and make them feel tight and under pressure. And actually, where is this? where is the moment of play then left uh, in the team? It, it just doesn't exist when some people uh, some of our guests ask how the bot was set up and how does it work and some difficult components of that work they call one rich ai team because we work constantly together we share ideas and we create new functionalities for our hue and our one rich ai team joins uh, to our cafe and they explain people there on communal table we all sit and they explain these little details very difficult so my team never have to work to learn how that is built. They can only share the results and how excited they are to have that hue in our team. But we can 
always call one rich AI team that helps us actually build that solution. And they share more details with the guests that, that already believe and trust that AI is a great solution. So please share with us, how can we start working with that? Well, like the yeah. team and the community that have come up around humans have kind of cleared a lot of the barriers uh, to kind of adoption of, of AI that we're seeing, that Rob and I are seeing so many other uh, organizations struggle with. Uh, Helen, I wonder if, if there are things that you've seen blossom or happen at humans that have kind of informed your work in other areas of the company. Uh, yeah, so I think that um, what I see in both humans and within one rich teams is um, it's hard to explain this concept, but it's almost like this self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you like treat people as adults, you trust them to make the right choices and you give all the, you know, the, you empower them to make those decisions and they stand for the consequences. Um, you kind of create this culture that allows people to succeed. But on the other hand, like it's what um, Anna just mentioned, some other businesses, this, you know, um, command and control environment when you put camera to watch your employees not stealing money from you. You by creating this, you know, this the same way, um, this same same prophecy, but works the other way around. So if you create this uh, rigid structure when nothing is like all mistakes are, you know, get punished for, nothing is creative, you are not allowed to experiment, then for sure you'll fail and you'll spend all your uh, revenue basically on putting the software in place to track what your employees are doing, and it seems like with. It's like it, it's truth for everything, <laughs> you know, all the businesses, regardless of the industry. And it's truth for AI. Like if you believe that this this is a tool that will that will empower your team to be better and to have more meaningful jobs, that's what you know we see happening. But on the other hand, if you are thinking that oh AI will take all <laughs> our jobs and we have to shut it down, that's pretty much what leads for all this negative, uh, you know, things that we see in the world with um, AI adoption. So to me, it's just, this is a micro example of a much larger <laughs> picture that we currently see. And uh, to be able to show it as an example of, um, you know, a success story kind of that we want to share uh, with people around who hesitate, who have all those doubts and concerns. That's, I think if, you know, we change the mind for one human in this world, <laughs> we achieved something that's, you know, this all was not just um, a waste of time. So hopefully um, we'll, we'll have um, things for this, uh, you know, um, events, we'll have much more capacity to talk about it more and to share our vision with many more people uh, so that everyone can, um, you know, benefit. And at least, as Anna say, just try, you know, just um, try and see what's, what what will happen. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I can imagine folks listening to this and going, well, this is one coffee shop, like granted a successful coffee shop at a really tough time to be successful, but nonetheless, one coffee shop, one example. Um, how would that scale? How would you scale that? Would it, would it work if you scaled it? Um, and, you know, I think I would challenge that question with 
does it need to scale? Is that the future? Like we're so focused on, on everything scaling as if that's a good thing. But, you know, when you look at what you said, Anna, about the quality of life and having a high quality of life being the objective, you wonder, does scaling, does scaling fit into that? You know, it's absolutely, is it a new objective now? Like scale is not the objective. The objective is the quality of life. And if scaling increases or improves the quality of life for the employees and customers, then maybe you would, but, but, but maybe you wouldn't also. And, and so we change what we value and we change, you know, what our objective is entirely and scale may happen, but, but it's, but it's going to happen because it happens, not because that's, that's an objective. Um, yeah. I, as you think about scaling, how does that fit into, or does it even fit into, to, uh, you know, how you sort of think about this moving forward? You know, at the start, I think it was important for us to scale to prove that our business is successful and we can actually have rights to be part of this industry and that we can survive and we can provide our team with good salaries. And it it was for some period very important for us to scale. And we were excited about getting, you know, more profit every day. We provide our guests with better service, better conversation, better solutions. So they bring more profit to us. But then at some at some point, like you say, it wasn't about scaling anymore. We just lost the interest. We played and we knew that that works. We have a great system. We have a great formula, like everyone say. So that works. We know that earns money and we can sustain. We even during the war, even if we lose the month of work, which is very possible, then we can still provide our uh, team with the salary, which which is not very usual uh, in Ukraine. And it happens that companies cannot provide as well. And we know we are protected. We have the base. We built a very good security base. We know that everything will be fine. Whatever it, wherever have, happens this month, our team will be protected and uh, our guests will get free coffee if they have to. And we will also have support to the voluntary organizations. So it's important to know that you have enough profit and uh, your life will not stop, whatever it is, even if, if the operations will stop. But the ideas that you follow next after you secured your operations and after you secured your life, then you want to play. And it's not about scale anymore. We, we want to invest more in what makes people happy. And that's what we are looking for all the time. That's our daily questions. What else we can purchase or invest in that uh, can make our guest happy, our community? How can we make our city better? How can we make our city cleaner? And uh, how can we share some cool invest? How can we create create good events for our guests that they can learn from us something? And that is something that we want to invest in. And we stop thinking for scaling and gaining profit all the time, how to make more. Now it's a question, where can we invest? And me and my team, we constantly, it's, it's a great meeting. I love it. We just think uh, where we can invest, how much percent, percent from the profit that we can invest where. And it's exciting to talk about that. Now, how can we earn more? It's just not interesting anymore. Yeah. It, it, that goal is complete and it, it's not something that you can do all your life. You want to move to a next level to think how you can be a part of the society and you can 
create something that matters to the community. That's yeah, what I'm almost, exciting. It almost feels like open source for business models. You know, it's like, you know, why does someone open source their code and give it away? Because they just want the world to have access to it. And, and the focus is not profitability. It's they ha they had an idea. They wanted to see if it was going to work and then it worked and they give it to the world. And and then and then it becomes just about sharing the idea so that others others can can benefit from it. And it feels very similar in this case, almost like an open source business model. Like, you know, Anna will will tell you what they're doing. There's no secrets. You know, it's Yeah, we are very <laughs> open and people are asking me, aren't you supposed to hide this information? Uh, how you make money and how you share money are you allowed to open it up and as why not i just i want you to be as successful as as we are i i don't really uh, believe in competitors we we all different and we create different projects and uh, i just want everyone to be successful and have great happy teams uh, i'm not really happy going 100 meters away from my cafe and visiting another place and seeing how teams struggle and how tired they are and how exhausted they are to even talk to you. And I just feel, wow, I wish you had the same thing that we have. Please, can you join? Can you come? We want to share experience with you. It's fun. I mean, life can be fun. The work can be fun. We guarantee you that you can come to our meeting. We can show you our results. Uh, there's nothing yeah. to hide. Please see. And we, we are happy to share. It's not something you're trying to hide. It's not about, like yeah. you say, to be first now. It's just to be a great example of something that works and that that can empower people to use their potential and be happy at the work yeah i think i i can't imagine i mean i've noticed definitely with the war starting having spent so much time over there and here um have so many friends there it it really became clear that in the face of such a like incredibly terrible situation that it it, it does bring people together in a way that, you know, that they root for each other, right? So, um, yeah. you know, a whole country that's been brought together through this tragedy. Um, and then, you know, that what you can see is it sort of breaks down this idea of I want you to lose so I can win and starts to create and foster that like, let's all win, we're together, we're, we're yeah. a team as a country. And I can imagine like this, it's almost the the right time for this kind of thinking is you know let's let's share and make each other successful um because yeah. we're in this together so it's it's great to see um and uh it's terrible under the circumstances but it's you know it it does give hope to i think other other businesses and other operators that think you know doesn't all have to be about growth and making money and that that will come that will just happen by focusing on employees first i think there's a lot of people who say customers first but i'm a big fan of employees first customers yeah. will benefit from employees and then shareholders will ultimately benefit so focus on the employee then then the rest will come yeah. absolutely and you i know, think that fits our... in with what uh Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're all right. I was just so that, that that fits in really well with what Helen was pointing out about certain companies wanting to figure out how to adopt this technology, but they're thinking about it in the wrong way. They want to like make it about surveillance and kind of like these dark, weird things. And so much of it is cultural. Like the a company's culture has to be aligned to really 
benefit from from the technology, at least as, as we see it. So thank you for showing everyone that it can work. <laughs> yeah, you know, some uh, of our guests, most of our guests are from IT industry that are actually excited about technology. And they write to our Instagram all the time that, uh, you know, guys, I just can I be your barista? I, I love what you do and I want to be part of your company. And we say, we know what you do. You own the IT company. I mean, how, how, how we heard a lot of barista want to be in IT because that's where the future is and that's where they can feel themselves as uh, uh, human as possible. But no, so many people from IT actually want to be our barista because they feel <laughs> that that's where the, there's so many cool values, there's such a good atmosphere and we can all, we can create and experiment and they want to be part of that. That is something very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. They're tired of talking to machines all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tired of yeah. pushing buttons. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much for, yeah. for taking some time with us and then sharing this incredibly compelling story. I really appreciate it. All right. So a funny thing happened after we stopped recording. Anna let us know that she, she still had a few things she wanted to discuss with us. So uh, I'm going to bring you another 15 minutes or so of our conversation with Anna and Helen. I think a lot of the stuff that she's talking about is probably of particular interest if Rob's notion of kind of this open source business model piqued your interest at all because we, we get into that a bit more. Um, and I'll take you to that right now. First though, let's check out a video that uh, Anna made that shows Hugh in action. Uh, with, I think, both OneReach employees and humans, coffee and tech employees. And it also has kind of a visual tour of the space, which is really cool. So we'll watch that and then we'll get back to uh, the second part of our conversation with Anna and Helen. Hi, everyone. This is how our OneReach AI team uh, orders drinks from humans. We scan the QR code. And then we enter the chat with our Hue bot, which is loading. <laughs> okay, so there you are, humans and uh, OneReach AI. Here we can register as a OneReach AI member, team member, and order free drinks. So bot is asking us um, what kind of drink would we like to choose? There is a black coffee, coffee with milk, there's a hot drinks, object object drinks that are some unique drinks uh, for our OneRich AI team. And also you have your favorite order, uh, something that you order constantly and you just want to repeat it without any changes. So here Anna is choosing object object drink. And we have different varieties here. This is our unique uh, chestnut drink. Now she's choosing the type of uh, milk that she wants uh, to have, uh, which is oats. Type of uh, cup, which is ceramic or takeaway cup or um, paper cup. Now she confirms that this is exactly what she wanted to order. And Bot is saying thank you very much. He, uh, Bot gives her a different uh, code, like coded name for the drink, uh, which is called Colorful Sock, just something funny. And uh, now the barista receives this order and barista also uh, shares with the bot information how long it will take to make, uh, which is usually five to 10 minutes. And then Anna receives uh, confirmation that her drink is ready and goes to pick it up in the cafe downstairs. 
here is Anna's order. There you go. Aww. Happy Anna. Okay, so Humans Coffee and Tech is our name and here Hugh is saying hi to, uh, to the guest and he's saying that he's, uh, he's a virtual assistant and he's asking how he can help and here we can check the menu of the cafe, here uh, we can vote for our, um, our charity organizations charity and organizations that uh, we support during the war. Right now we support um, the army and uh, that's another organization that supports army and if you choose the organization then your vote will go for that organization and at the end of the month you can uh, we will share our uh, profit with this organization uh, in, and the profit uh, percentage will depend on, on the votes that our guests make. Okay. Next, uh, we also have here information about humans and one rich AI. Uh, there's many, many guests ask uh, some detailed information. So here, Hugh can uh, tell you more about humans, about our team, about our mission. And uh, it can also tell you about Hugh. Like, what does it do? Like, how, what, why do we have this virtual assistant? Also, you can read more about One Rich AI. As everyone knows, we have One Rich AI, uh, the creators of Humans Cafe. So, here you can read what the company does and the values of the company. And uh, you can also apply for a job in Humans or One Rich AI. You can text here which team you want to join and then there's a different bot where you can go through different questions and uh, and uh, you can find out if you actually match in the team or not okay so also you can leave your feedback not every guest is comfortable leaving feedback to our barista or us uh, managers that's why you can Share your feeling. Was it good? Your experience in humans? Yes, it was great. Uh, I had fun. Or you can share some negative feedback, something that the team knows they, they need to, they should know that they need to improve. Um, next are more detailed question. How was the team? And you can vote if it was great or the team, how was the atmosphere, the music, the mood of the team, yeah, which is which, which design and cleanliness that all creates the atmosphere. So I'm sharing that it was great. Uh, how was your interaction with the bot? We need to know if it was great or we need to improve this interaction. Uh, what time, is the, is, the, is the schedule comfortable for you in the cafe or not? Or you want us to work for longer? Do you like the menu? Uh, what would you like to add to the menu? You can write down like a salad or a bowl, whatever we, we don't have. Then we try to re recreate it with our kitchen team. Uh, any comments you want to leave, you can add. And then you can choose if you want to add your phone number, contact details, so we can contact you and find out more, or it's anonymous. Most of the people who use this uh, feedback, they leave uh, the feedback uh, like anonymous so because they share some things that uh, they want us to improve but they they're shy to share it with us uh, 
with our barista so they just leave the comment here and you can see by Hugh and he tells you that he was great to speak to us um, that's it that's our bot that works for our guests that helps them to find out more about our cafe read the menu uh, vote for charity organization leave the feedback and just generally find out if you can apply for a position in humans or one rich as I say, it's just always exciting to speak about humans, and it's just not not just me. As you know, usually you 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 are the part you are a project manager. You create the project, so probably you are excited, of course. But we have to work there. But it's not the case. You know, people are talking about humans all the time with everyone, and they share their success stories in this project. So uh, everyone is excited. Well, do do you want to talk? I I did hit record again. Uh, do you okay. want to talk about some some of the solutions that that have been, you know, most impactful yeah. or just maybe the most fun to build? Yeah, some solutions that actually can uh, exp share with people the idea how it's great to implement AI uh, in in at work because it's one thing is somebody is talking about AI and nobody understands. Not nobody, but some people don't understand how, how can it help me and uh, why would my team uh, operate better with those solutions. So um, how do we handle that? We see that there is a problem that is repetitive and it makes the team frustrated and nobody wants to do that. And then we just grab that problem and think, what is it? Okay, the reminders. It's just tiring to remind the team to wash the machine or it's tiring to remind people to fix something, or it's tiring to explain them that this is our value all the time and remind them about value. And you just, managers feel themselves as parrots or they get tired. My, my throat used to be always painful because I had to repeat so many things to people. And I felt, <laughs> oh my God, I don't do anything meaningful. I'm just, I'm just like a tape recorder. I just have to repeat things and it's annoying. And what we did, we, uh, our Hugh, we, a anyone from the team, which is, which also matters that it's not just one person that sets, uh, Hugh and, uh, you decide you're the God, you decide how Hugh needs to operate. No, but everyone in the team can, uh, create a new functionality for our bot because it's very easy to use the platform. So every, anyone can build the solution and test it and try it. That's, that's the fun about it. And. Anyone can set a reminder uh, for the team that this 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 matters, and uh, you can remind you can set the hue that hue uh, that he can remind on these dates, this time. You can cancel the reminder. You can respond to hue, and hue can pass that answer without emotions and not be offended. And that's how team operates. They always set hue how they want. If they want to set the reminder, if they want to leave the feedback. Um, not always you can share what you think with the team sometimes uh because we don't have manager we don't have this mediator that uh, is actually saying you you shouldn't do like that so right. what do you do then you share your feelings and your emotions and your feedback about the team how it operates with hugh he collects the data and then he gives the anonymous feedback how the team operates how every person operates and you can receive that report and you can read uh what is actually wrong and some things that you do wrong and you need to work on them and you don't take it emotionally because you understand yeah people collected that, that data they shared it with you but it somehow feels great to receive that report and analyze your work and how you communicate this because communication is in the middle of everything we do 
So how do you communicate? Is it successful communication or it's an unsuccessful communication? How can you change the way you communicate with the team? And everyone gets that report and it, it was great. Every month people grow, they have greater skills and they communicate better and they work like one organism. They work like a team, like a family, and it feels great. And we don't have anyone passing that messages all the time or punishing you or telling you you are wrong. It's all within the team. Team collects the data, it shares the data. You don't know who shared the data, but you know it's what aches and uh, you need to receive that. You need to listen what is wrong there. It's like the employees are training. You mentioned like your... It's like, it's like the employees are training their own yeah. manager, you know, they're absolutely. Yeah. They, they decided, uh, we had the situation where we had manager and we had a situation when one of us was trying to be a manager and they hated it. They said, no way. We, we don't want to be managed anymore. We don't want to be told what to do. We want to decide as a team and we don't want to be punished and don't shout at us. Like no way we have a manager anymore because the managers can get emotional. Managers can get tired obviously and they throw a lot uh, on their team and how do you avoid that what do you do with that so that is the solution that they were, we were looking for and that was the time when team there were doubts about bot is it useful or not but there was a time when the team said please can we set the bot we want to receive tasks and reminders from bot we don't want to receive it from this manager from this person because that person can feel bad and we feel it and we never want to do that task again so when you receive those reminders from you you just feel okay he's just doing his job he's uh, our uh, virtual employee and he wants the best and somebody set it up from the team so it's great you just receive it without any emotions but with people when you interact sometimes if they're tired of their or they have bad day they pass it on to you with that task you feel it that energy yeah yeah that hit that hits home my my wife and i ran a hair salon for a number of years and that was the thing that drove us away from wanting to do it was having to be the ones to tell people to clean out the shampoo bowls and sweep up yeah. their hair before they started blow drying just those little things but it had that that dual negative impact of yeah. you having to tell them and they being they were irritated with you and then you didn't feel good about having to keep doing that. So to be able to have that handed off to a, to a bot, yeah. that must be huge. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. Huge. It, it is huge. It's a huge hue. We call it, we call it that way, actually. And I, I just love to see that uh, people use it on daily basis and they set it set it up and they have fun with it. They play with it. How does it work? Okay. They, they have to actually think what kind of message they have to pass. So it's received nicely, but uh, you don't feel that emotions with that message. And it's great. Uh, also, there is another example that I love is what matters to people is communication. And they actually want to talk to human being, but they want to talk about something important, something that excites you both. And before that, we had a queue of people to order coffee, to order filter, which is uh, on a filter station. And you can actually come and you, 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 have, to, um, you have to take filter yourself. This is like a term, term assist that you have. But you have to first come to barista. You have to pay for a coffee. You have to tell him how many pieces you want, how many uh, cups you want. And then you go to a filter station and you can take that coffee. But now we decided that that's too long for a person to wait 
in the queue. It's so boring. He just wants to come and sit on the table. So now we have you who receives the orders for filter. You just come to the filter station. You scan the QR code. Uh, Hugh asks you uh, how many coffees do you want? What kind of filter do you want? And uh, you pay for it straight away and you can pull filter easily without waiting, you know, in a queue. But what happens next? And I, I, I was thinking, is it a good solution? Because now you don't have to talk to barista. And isn't it boring? Will people feel that uh, where is the humans in that? But actually, after they pour filter, they come to barista and they talk about that coffee they talk about beans and whether it's from kenya or from ethiopia and high high how high those trees grow on the mountain and i hear that conversation and i feel finally they talk to barista what interests barista what he actually wants to tell you about he doesn't want to tell you the price he doesn't want to ask you how many coffees do you want and pass it through the system and then receive the payment and then say there's your coffee he wants to tell you about the grains. He wants to tell you about beans that he was choosing for one month, finding the best roasteries. And, uh, you know, that's, that's exciting for a barista. They feel that they actually do the job that matters. Yeah, I'm actually going to go see some friends in L.A. next month who they own a restaurant together. And it's funny because they their restaurant is I, I probably sort of a low tech space, I would imagine, in the sense that I think that they like doing things like kind of in a, in a bespoke kind of old fashioned way. But what I think will be interesting for him, and especially sharing this conversation with him, is that here's here's a way that technology actually disappears into the background. It, it strips away the tedious things that contribute to high turnover. And it also makes technology rather invisible, which actually allows you to make the experience feel more not old fashioned, but more, um, I guess in a way old fashioned, more like we're just people hanging out, yeah. spending time together. Technology is quietly over here, yeah. facilitating that and making everyone enjoy it more. Yeah. Is, is that is that something that you feel like is is um, difficult to communicate? I know you, you, you get queried a lot. A lot of people in hospitality are coming in and asking you about how to build these things. Is, is that something that's hard to communicate or is it easier when they can kind of see it happening? Yeah, the, the, you, you know, we create the solutions that actually can be a great example for them to test because I know some, some solutions are within the team and they, uh, you know, they don't see it just entering the cafe and they can't play with it because it's, it's teams bought. But we create solutions that show them that the simple solution, you know, we have such initiative which we also didn't know that it actually matters to people, but uh, we have coffee packs that are not biodegradable. And because we are trying to be eco-friendly and we work that way, that we want to be zero waste, we are not there yet, but we, we wished to go that way. And we have coffee packs that are not biodegradable and we were thinking what to do with them. So we decided we will plant uh, new leaves of epipremnums. It's, it's a beautiful plant. And we will gift it to our guest and we will show that that packs can be used as a temporary pot. So after your plant grows, you can actually return it and we, we can plant a new plant uh, in it and gift it to you. So the problem was very simple. They, people got very excited and everyone wanted that plant. There was a queue of people and we couldn't grow enough of plants and we were writing the phone numbers. Who did we promise that plant, the name? And it was, it was, the team was panicking that we lost actually the guest numbers and names and who did we promise who was first who was second 
it was a huge chaos and we didn't want to do that initiative anymore because we felt that we were promising and we actually couldn't provide because there was no easy system. So we decided, okay, why didn't, why should we send them the link and they can request Q, uh, send a request to Hugh for a new plant and they can stand in queue, they register, uh, they go through registration, they leave their phone number, their name. We want, we know what kind of plant do they want and in what pack do they want. And we prepare that plan. And then Hugh just sends them the message, your plant is ready, please come and see it. Uh, and barista just hands the plant and all the barista receives is huge love for that plant. That's it. And they don't have to work as operators and uh, create the table and put the data in the table. Hugh does that for them. That you sent that boat to the guest. And that's a simple solution, a very little to a little problem, but that already shows people how, how can it be a solution? How, how do you build it? And we explained them um, that it took us 15 minutes to build that you know solution. It didn't take us four months. It didn't take us a huge budget. There is a team and we actually, what we want to do, we want to record that process and we will share it on our projector and in, on Instagram because we want people to see that if you have such a great platform uh, and you have all the functionalities and steps and you can just create them in the system and you can play with it and the solution can be ready in 15 minutes. That's it, there you go. So it's easy when you see how it's made. Uh, it's hard to just listen to it because you you implement a lot of your fears in there yeah, that it will take so much time and it's just difficult and you don't have time for that. So I better stay in this chaos and make people unhappy. That's it. Well said. Very true. <laughs> cool. Well, there we go. I think All right. Well, we got some good stuff there. Yes, thank you for the bonus content. Yeah, yeah I have some more. So <laughs> when you when you're ready, we can make part two. We can dig through that list. That that yeah, yeah. The, I have to, the I, list of automation. I love the list. It's something. So I had small papers like that because I like to write, and my team figure out that uh, it just doesn't fit all these ideas. So they gave me today a long paper now, and they said next time bigger. <laughs> Because it's so many, when you feel it's so easy to make and uh, I love One Rich AI team because they say, when I come with the idea, I used to hear a lot, no, it's impossible, it's so difficult, we can't make it, you are dreaming, you are in your Mars or something. Now, when I when I ask, can, can we do this impossible task? They say, it's easy, it's so, it's easy, give me one day. And that's why now I create so many tasks and I dream a lot how else Hugh can help our team and our guest? So they give me a bigger paper because they know that I have so many ideas and it's just fun to share them and it's fun to see that they come true because sometimes I make an idea that I know myself it's so difficult to make and I think it's impossible, but I play with them. It's just a challenge. I throw them the challenge and I see if they if they can if they can make it and I, sometimes I can I can throw a very difficult challenge. Can guests just order through voice? To Hugh, they can just say very quickly uh, a latte with soy milk, and instead of just choosing the answer, can can we do that? And they never say no. They find the solution, of course, and they they disappear for one month. But then they always try to find a solution how we can come close to that. And it's not always a straight 
way that you request something and it happens next day. Sometimes you need to make a first step and make a bad version, let's say a bad version, but you, it gives you, it opens you ideas what else can be created and what else can be done. And then you understand, okay, the second step will be this. Let's improve it this way. We played it. We know the feedback. Let's improve. And it's a constant process. It's not that you can create all the solutions in one go. You constantly play with it. It's just, it's, it's a game. It's part of your life. Awesome. Yeah. You're bringing the ideas in the book uh, to life that's, again. Like where the, I mean, yeah. that's the idea. Like you create, you build this yeah. momentum. Not only are people creating these automations, yeah. they're excited about it and they're hungry to make more and they're always yeah. looking for opportunity yeah. To, yeah. to improve. So, so again, well done. Yes. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. everybody. All right. Thanks again for tuning in to Invisible Machines. Be sure to subscribe to UX Magazine wherever you get your podcasts. And that way you will find out about new episodes as they are released. You can also subscribe to the Invisible Machines YouTube channel. I'd encourage you to do that. You know, thank you to the OneReach.ai marketing team. And thank you to the team at UX Magazine for making this podcast possible. And, you know, speaking of subscribers, thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast and subscribes and tells their friends about it. Um, we really appreciate it. And as always, thank you to Michael Litvinov, our video editor, for making this podcast look and sound excellent. As uh, we sort of teased in this episode, we do have a special guest again next week. Uh, author and futurist Theo Priestley will be joining us. It's a really fun conversation. Very excited to share it with you. So we will look forward to connecting again next week on Invisible Machines. <laughs>